It's Caden Stetler and Robin Vote with Calm Cheddar. I haven't listened to them since I was prospecting out on Subterrell. How's it going, Rebels and Blockaders alike? Welcome to Calm Chatter with your host, Caden Stetler, founder of Rebel Cause, and... Hey, guys, what is going on? Robin Vote of Brick City Blockade. You know the spiel. I ain't going to say it anymore because we got a lot of different kind of Star Wars-y type topics to get into tonight, huh, Caden? Oh, absolutely, man. Looking forward to sitting down, talking to Star Wars like we always do. And uh, so first off, how, how are you, man? Any uh, any cool Star Wars things this week you may have done, may have experienced? Of course, we we always have Star Wars things uh, happening pretty much every, every day. If we don't, it's a weird day. But uh, yeah, so throw it to you first, bud. Yeah, no, you know what? Listen, we're coming off of the Thanksgiving break. Um, I hope everybody had a fantastic day, got to spend time with family, got to have a lot of fun. And one of the best things about this time of year is that, you know, obviously Black Friday comes up right around the corner and you're like, all right, what Star Wars things are on the clearance racks? What things are being offered to <laughs> us? And listen, Mr. Caden Stetler picked up some great stuff, uh, by the way. I did not, however. I'm, I'm saving my Christmas list for a little bit later. But um, no, you know what? The best thing has been is just kind of kicking back with this time off. Caden knows. And just being able to kind of build up some stuff, you know. Today, I released the brand new Calm Chatter logo. Yes, the new and improved. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people have been complimenting. They're like, that's got the Brick City blockade feel more than the other one. And uh, I want to thank everybody for continuing to support Calm Chatter and everything. And, you know, it's a a much cleaner look, and I think it fits the personality of the show. So uh, that's just what I'm going with right now, man. How about yourself? Uh, you've had a pretty busy couple days, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, man. Well, for, first I'll start with uh, with Friday. Yeah. So and originally I uh, I took the whole weekend off. I was supposed to have a special guest here uh, this weekend, but mm-hmm. things fell through. Uh, of course. <laughs> Mr. Vote, Mr. Robin Vote was supposed to be down here, but some car trouble. Things happen. Uh, After the Ravello Magazine party. Um, which we got very large amount of money to be able to do some good here in Lancaster uh, for Rebel Cause. And we helped put together 150 care packages that went out to the homeless. And we bought about 10 sleeping bags to, to give out. So it made for about 30... 30 sleeping, 32 sleeping bags, 33. I think we had all said and done. I did this with my cousin. Um, he actually has a, a little homeless outreach thing he does here. Not little, it's it's awesome. But right. um, this is like their major thing every year is these bags. Right. It's every Black Friday. So we basically supplied half of the stuff mm-hmm. and we put these together. And let me tell you, man, um, you know, this is always work. You know, it's fun work and I love doing it. Um, sure. But it's days like that that just make it so worth it. And it's such a, an emotional roller coaster because you get excited. Like this is the point of what we're doing. It's a love of Star Wars mixed with helping people. And it's these morals that we've learned and talked about. And it's putting them into action. And it's fantastic. Right. So Mac and I went down to this church and uh, they served a meal to the people, the homeless people that uh, that were there. Okay. And then they came out for these bags and it was just an awesome experience of a lot, you know, a lot of smiles, a lot of hugs, a lot of, a couple stories. Uh, it's always hard to hear, but you know, the people being so thankful, like you've no idea how much this does, you know, I didn't have anything today. I didn't have a blanket to sleep with and it was mm-hmm. bitter cold here in uh, Lancaster. But it, the weird thing was not the normal amount of people came. Gotcha. It was a little less. Um Probably had a lot to do with how cold it was. So sure. my favorite part of the night was we loaded about 30 bags into Mac's car. Uh-huh. Shout out to Mac for just being awesome. Uh, remember Rebel awesome. Cause, 
Mac's awesome. Love you, Mac. We then drove around Lancaster uh, to find more people. And mm -hmm. there's a couple key places where they're usually known to hang out. And we had the opportunity to give out the rest of the bags. Oh, so, so all the bags were given out that night, which is fantastic. And, but I'll tell you what, man, there was, it was hard for me to stop. You know? <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I, there's a big part of me just wanted to, you know, we had to leave and I just wanted to stay in town because there wasn't, sure. there, there was a lot of stuff, but it just is never enough. You know, Mac ended up pulling old jackets and sweatshirts and stuff out of his car to give to people. Wow. Just making everything happen that we can. And it just, it breaks my heart sometimes to see, you know, how much of a need there really is. Of course. And um, you can tell, and there, there will always be this, that there's some people that I don't know if it's just an emotional barrier they put up. Um, but it's very like a thank you, head down, kind of walk away. But we're always very, I walk up to people and the experience that I had when we handed out the, the last 30, when we drove around, mm -hmm. I kind of saw some of the yellow bags already. And so I walked up and like, Hey guys, I don't know if, uh, you remember me. I was just giving out the bags over to church and they're like, Oh yeah. Like very welcoming too, which was incredible because I could only imagine being on the street. And being very defensive, probably, and and scared, you know, I, I, I'm i sure it's nerve wracking at a lot of points and just all very welcoming. And there were a lot of, a lot of hugs going on and a lot of thank yous. And, uh, you know, we, we gave all the stuff we could. And then there, I just remember it still, it drives me nuts, but there's this one woman who was like, do you guys have any more of the sleeping bags? And I was like, oh, fortunately we don't right now. We're going to get more. I'm working on it right now. We're going to get some more. And, um, but fortunately, we were able to give her like two sweatshirts and there was another thinner blanket that she had. And one of the people there that did get one were like, she can use mine tonight. You know, I have another, I have another one or she can have mine. So that was great. That's great. But I actually, I didn't even tell you this yet because I, I wanted to kind of wait till we sat down. And I actually had the opportunity then to stand there surrounded by the people we're trying to help and ask them, what do you guys need the most? That's a unique and opportunity. Yeah. It really, really was. And it was pretty cool. And they and they all said, you know, they're like, honestly, the sleeping bags are the most helpful thing. So Interesting. I dropped a line onto our awesome Facebook because every time we put something on onto the rebel cause Facebook and then get shared out and there's just a response that is just amazing. Yeah. You know, people really get back, get back to you quick. And you know, like when the fire happened uh, a few months ago that we helped the family with the fire. I mean, I, I posted it at midnight and by the time I woke up at like eight o'clock the next morning, I had like over a hundred comments on the thing. That's really amazing. People wanting to help Star Wars fans from here to, and it's not just Star Wars fans, but it, it mostly is, which is just the amazing part. You know, we had five of first garrisons hitting us up from here to, you know, I have the, I think I still have the business card here from, it was a garrison in North Carolina mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. that sent stuff up. Like that's incredible. Um, so that was pretty awesome. And that it just makes me makes it all worth it, man. But I'll, I'll tell you what, man, it was, it was pretty emotional afterwards. Um, yeah, it was hard. I get to come, I can't. It was hard to come home after that, you know? Yeah. Um, Miss Tori, my fiance had just gotten off work and I just kind of came in and just kind of, kind of one of those, I had to just kind of be in her arms for a little bit. I kind of rested my head on her and I was, I, I got a little teary, man. Cause it's yeah. just, you know, it, it's so worth it, but, Oh God, I just wanted to, I told her, I was like, I want to go back out. Like, I don't know what I, she's yeah. like, what are you, what are you going to do at, at nine o'clock at night right now? What are you really going to be able to do? I'm like, I don't know, but I think there's something I can do and it, there's plans in the works, but yeah. So that was Friday. Friday was pretty amazing. And wow, that was great. But, uh, Saturday we, uh, or no, that was third. 
Yeah, that was Black Friday. Black Friday. Black Friday, yeah. Thursday night, we actually ran out because I was looking for that Hero BB-8 from Target. (laughs) And let me tell you what, I didn't get it that night, but I got it last night. Right. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. It's it's a real it's like a droid. It's like a real droid in my house. Like it does everything. It's BB-8. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, there's some pictures and video on the Rebel Cause page and on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, check that out. Check it out. It's so cool, man. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I'm like, I have a robot in my home. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. You know, we've been pretty lucky. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, we've teased it a little bit before, but there there is a big announcement coming from Rebel Cause and Brick City here pretty soon about a really big thing that we're going to be doing. And yes. at this Thing. I don't know if this is over seven in line. I don't know. Anyway, no, we're, it's, it's, it's ours. So I can say what I, maybe yeah, can say that's, yeah, that's true. There's going to be lots of space for activities and yes. we got a lot of fun activities for people to do. You know, I got the drones. We got the BB eight for people to play around yeah. with. I got that Jedi challenges game, Ooh. the Ooh. VR thing. Oof, let me tell you about it, man. The Jedi challenges VR is just sensational. Yeah. Like it's, I, I took it to Thanksgiving and we we had gone to my grandparents' house on my father's side, Tori's mother's, and then we went to my mom's. Oh, nice. I had everybody in each house playing that. My 90-year-old grandmother was playing it. Oh man, how sweet is that? Oh, it was it was pretty funny, man. And she was she was so bad at it. But and I, I'll tell you what, to see uh to see my dad's face light up like that, he's just like, This is this is awesome. What like you know, it was just so cool. But uh that was my Star Wars weekend. Shout out to uh Jake Stetler, my father, my co-host on Rebel Chatter, which will be coming back very soon, guys. He has finished the movie now, but he goes into surgery tomorrow. Uh, So thoughts, prayers, all that good stuff with him uh, leading into tomorrow, getting that knee replacement. He was a paratrooper in the military. Uh, But then we're planning on, you know, I talked to him just tonight and we're getting back to it. You know, when he is a little bit stabilized from the surgery, he's going to get that microphone back up and running and we're going to keep yapping about Star Wars like we always do. I love it. I love the idea of uh, Rebel Chatter coming back from from uh, the good friends down there in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and bring it back on at the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network, hearing Jake's voice again on podcast, man. I love what your dad says half the time <laughs> on podcast. He always has a very interesting perspective when it comes to things. Now, Caden, I do have to ask you this. I know you said that you share out everything on Facebook, but for the people who are listening right now, the, the blockaders out there who want to get involved, want to see you cry more tears and want to help out the homeless by <laughs> maybe getting some more uh, sleeping bags out there. What, what can they do? What can they do to, to help you and Rebel Cause make things happen? Well, there's a couple different ways, guys. You know, there's always shipping goods to us. Uh, we do have a Rebel Cause PayPal. If, if you prefer a monetary donation, you know, 100% of whatever is, is given to us goes back into Rebel Cause, whether that's, uh, you know, small percentages just to make a next event happen. But a majority of it's going to, to like completely do the homeless. And it's right. it's going directly. I mean, you can see it. You know, on our Facebook, Rebel Cause Lancaster on Facebook and Instagram, you can see pictures of it, you know, from my hands to the hands of the homeless here. Yeah. And it's pretty great. You know, I've, I've been incredibly blessed to be able to just be, I want to say a part of it, but, you know, I to, to have started this and to watch it blossom into what it is now is pretty incredible. You know, okay. I have to sit, I sit back sometimes and just sit in my little office here and just look at the walls around me with the stuff posted up from events we've done and things we've yeah. been able to do. And it's just, it's cool, man. That's awesome. So they can go over to the Facebook page, 
um you guys drop us a message guys you know we'll we'll work with you if you want to get involved if you're local or within a couple states come out and here we go here's the plug if you want to get involved this holiday season, what better way than to join us at Xmas at Brewskins? You come out to Xmas at Brewskins, Star Wars-themed holiday event. It's going to be very cringy because we're watching the holiday special. We have the Star Wars-themed menu. We have Starbecue Podcast out with this Brick City Blockade. We're going to be giving away a ton of prizes, raffles, games. Uh, Santa Vader is going to be there. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We won't talk about it too much more because it's just going to be cool. And we might have a... Uh, Jawa elf, you know, so oh. we'll toss that idea around. So it'll be fun. Uh, you probably can't sit on his lap because the armor will crash because it's not yeah. really Darth Vader and it's plastic. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awesome, man. And that's uh, December twenty second at yeah. Rumple Brewskins in Lancaster from three to seven. We got four hours this time instead of just three. Yeah, fantastic. And all the proceeds going to Rebel Cause Lancaster, which means it's going to the homeless right here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So very excited for that. If you can make the trip. And I don't ever want to hear excuses about, oh, I live too far. Steve Kirk came from California. The last one is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's coming to the next one. So hey. you can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no excuses in that point. We're making the seven hour ride down south of Lancaster to see our good friend. Yeah, and you guys too. Exactly. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a long drive. <laughs> it is. And our good friend, Starbucks Podcast, and of course, Rebel Cause Lancaster will be there. Doing the coverage, being part of the event, it's going to be so much fun, and I cannot wait for December 22nd now. Caden, when it comes to this theory that I have, and it's more, it's interesting because I've seen this across different platforms today, and that's the whole concept of, well, the Obi-Wan film may not be out of the woods just yet, and that maybe there's a familiar face that might be taken hold on it and it's not that i believe in this rumor whatsoever i don't believe in it in any sort of way possible but i think the interesting point in all of this is that i do not see a possibility of us not seeing uncle george back behind the camera again i pose this to scott inch and Caden, i'm going to throw it over to you in a second but i'm going to say this simply something has been happening behind the scenes at lucasfilm i don't know what it is if this was part of the deal i've talked with you about it the deal that George Lucas signed for the $1.34, $1.4 billion to sell the brand of Star Wars and the property of Star Wars over to Disney. Was there something in that contract that said, all right, if stuff starts feeling like it might be going downhill, and it's not me saying that, it, it it's from the general perspective. I love The Last Jedi. I love Solo. But when it comes to them trying to push these stories forward and with Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson and with so many different aspects of the Star Wars universe coming back, this is such a great time. And whether it was built into to the contract or not, to allow George to get behind the camera again, not as necessarily a story writer, but as an executive producer and to really just kind of grab a hold on this. Now, I'm making my bold prediction that Star Wars Celebration, we may see George walk out and say, hey, guess what? I'm back. That's my bold prediction on that, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Kate. It's interesting. I've seen the same the same little rumor running around, and it, it stemmed from someone in Ireland uh, talking about, hey, we're going to have Star Wars back here. The Obi-Wan movie is going to be here. I don't think it's true at all. Right. Um, yeah, I am too. Why would the Obi-Wan movie be set in Ireland? Uh, right. It would most likely be mostly in the desert or in a studio, uh, seeing as he's on Tatooine, because I don't really want to see Obi-Wan leave Tatooine, because it would kind of go against his character. It would. 
That being said, I think those rumors are false. I think they're talking about episode nine. Right, right. To be honest with you, I think it just may have been misquoted or the, the man may have misspoke. Because we all know about Ireland, you know, Octu's there, the, the island of Skelly Michael. And there's been a ton of rumors that they went back for episode nine mm-hmm. to shoot some stuff. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's true, unfortunately. It would be cool. Would I like to see George Lucas come back and do a film in general? Yes, I think it'd be interesting to just let him play again. You know what I mean? Because he took on a lot of... I'm sure Star Wars was always fun for him, but to take on so much to create a galaxy rather than just to create a story within it, I think it'd be cool. You know, um, at the same time, I think George might have just been done with Star Wars for now. You know, he may have been done with it for good. I mean, he sold it. So I feel like maybe if he had any interest in coming back, maybe he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm saying it would, yes, it would be interesting to see him do it. I would like to see that. But I just don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it's what he wants really. Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you see him visiting all these sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm, that, that's where I kind of peek in and I'm like, hmm, maybe he's like, maybe I should, you know, not that I shouldn't have sold Star Wars because they're doing a great job and all that, but mm, I miss it, you know? Because at, at any point, you may be working on something and it's stressful and you're like, oh, I'm going to wash my hands of this, give it to somebody else. You're going to look back with rose-colored glasses, you know, looking at it like, oh, man, I missed that. I remember when Han shot first and I changed it. And then, <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> no, but um, George Lucas's cut of Solo, a Star Wars story would be Beckett would shoot past Han Solo before Han Solo shot him in the chest. Right. But, <laughs> it just makes sense, though. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll never, I always love the picture that George wore during episode one where it said Han shot first. Come on, buddy. Anyway, not to get too off topic there, but anyway, (laughs) but he's just, he's like the master of trolls. No, it's, I don't think it's happening, but it'd be interesting to see it happen. I, I agree with you. I think it'd be interesting to see it happen, but there's something that's lingering. I guess you could say it in the words of the great Lord Vader himself, you know, I sense a disturbance in the force. There's something that that Lucasfilm is not telling us. There is something that I feel from a business perspective, why they have been so quiet. And when you're talking about a major company, you're talking about, especially a company like Disney, I mean, obviously they're pushing out other things. They're pushing out Mary Poppins. You know, they're pushing out other products right now that truly fit the format of what a family would do at Christmas time, which is take the entire crew to go see a film. And that's where Bob Iger's mind is right now. Let's get those films out. And also let's see what Marvel's going to do heading into next year, as we're talking about the second part of infinity war as well. Amongst all of this, which fascinates me because you have major events coming up. You have the super bowl coming up. You're going to have the, you know, NBA playoffs. You're going to have a lot of different marketing platforms to be able to start pushing out maybe some news, maybe some trailers when it comes to Star Wars. And I think what has got me in a point of, I don't want to say a limbo in terms of Star Wars news, but what's had me fascinated throughout this is that this is calculated quietness. The release of a film or a product comes out and the company is quiet for quite some time and they don't say anything and you're like, okay, what's the plan? You know, we've been saying it too, Caden. What's the plan with Lucasfilm? What what do what do accomplish here and this calculated quiet that they have been able to formulate has me wondering if come star wars celebration in the five days that they have to share information in chicago i don't expect a ton of information at celebration chicago but what i do expect 
is that they are going to make two or three major announcements between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And where I do think they could come out on Saturday and say, hey, you know what? George is coming back, not necessarily to do films, but maybe even be a member of the story team alongside Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo. I mean, there you go. There's your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars uh, writers right there. But there's something about the way that Lucasfilm has handled their marketing more recently, that they focused on resistance and haven't pushed out anything else. This is what is fascinating to me. And They're going to drop a nuclear bomb on us soon. Yeah, but it's just like right. something huge. You're right. There is something lingering. And I don't know if our listeners out there, please reach out to us through Twitter or Facebook. Share your opinions with us on this. Do you think that Lucasfilm is preparing something? Are they preparing a single reactor shot at Scarif on us? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit more than the single reactor. An Alderaan type shot. Yeah, we're getting an Alderaan, you know. We're going to take out the whole planet. I I agree, buddy. I think we're getting something big. Yeah, it's and it's just, it's typical of Disney. I'll I'll say that much. It really is because there was some of that when it came to a lot of the Marvel films. Okay, Disney goes out, they buy the Marvel property. Well, where are the films? It was quiet. It was quiet for quite a bit of time before they started saying, okay, we're going to start doing this. We're going to start doing this. Okay, Kevin Feige's on board. You know what I mean? So there, there is this very calculated marketing approach that Kathleen Kennedy and the rest of the team are taking. And I have to admit, you see it on the Star Wars show between Andy and uh, Anthony Carboni there. They're, they're, they're almost going in-depth into stuff that's already been done. Like, yeah. you know, product Solo and Rogue One, they're almost going back in time to almost avoid talking about what's coming. It's funny because I think you and I, knowing how we market our products and knowing how we market our brand and the way that we put out our podcast, it's very calculated and it's fascinating to watch. It's absolutely fascinating to watch. On such a scale. Yes, on such a scale. Yeah, I'm just going to type up a letter here to Lucasfilm. Dear Lucasfilm, Knights of the Old Republic, love Caden. No, I would love to, you know, I would love something like that. I think I think that is kind of what we're going to get announcement-wise because let's honestly look mm-hmm. at it. We've been wrapped up in this whirlwind of, oh, my God, Star Wars is back, and right. it's kind of almost over now. Like the really is. You know, episode nine's a year away, and then what? And then what? You know, yeah. Then there's a standalone movie, but we don't even know about that, which is weird. That's yeah. really weird. We don't know about that, and we don't know anything about episode nine yet. And that's weird. See yeah, that? Yeah, throwing me off. We had a trailer for episode seven over a year before it came out. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it was just like, what? <laughs> We're not getting anything close. No, all right, you know, give it a little bit. I'm, I'm telling. Yeah, it'll be celebration. Yeah. Um, I think we'll probably learn the trailer before that, or I mean, not the trailer, the title before that. Sure, of course, of course. Um, which would be cool. We just need Vanity Fair pictures. We need some more behind the scenes stuff because. If we're at this point in filming like we expect we are, Caden, where, you know, John Williams is not that far away from coming in and starting to score some stuff. I can guarantee you that. He is not that far away. And guess what? When you start talking about John Williams coming in to score, that's usually when you start seeing Entertainment Weekly and Vanity Fair saying, hey, guess what? In the next couple months, you're going to start seeing some stuff. And yeah, man. the previews. So I, I'm waiting for that time to come. Maybe we'll see it closer to Christmas time. Maybe we'll see a Vanity Fair article or something showing the characters and their costumes. But it's just between the marketing of Solo 
and the way that they're going with episode nine, it is a very different approach and the marketing approach I am not used to necessarily. And I feel like if they want to, if they really want to surprise us, they're doing a good job. They're doing a really good job of building up the hype in that case. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I think episode eight took us to the edge of our seats, pushed us off. We got back up. And now we're sitting here like, how are we supposed to rebuild a rebellion from this? You know what I mean? We're we're literally kind of sitting there like, I mean, I love the movie, but I'm just like, okay, uh, so Luke's gone, bad way, but yeah, right, he's gone. He's yeah. gonna be a force ghost now, obviously, or is you know? I mean, we hear a ton of rumors about could there be some sort of way that Luke comes back, which would be interesting. I don't necessarily, yeah. I don't know. You know, we hear these things, you know. Ray doesn't have a lightsaber. <laughs> the resistance right, is nothing. Yeah. What where do we what are we getting? And I think it's brilliant, man. And I, you know, I'm always the person that's gonna say, you're gonna look back in a couple of years and realize all these people that <laughs> hate on Last Jedi. And I'm like, you're gonna realize how great that film actually is. You know, just as a you know, as a piece of storytelling, you know. Imagine watching Empire back in the day. Okay, I just watched A New Hope, and it was awesome and real upbeat, and the good guys are winning, and now Luke Skywalker's dad's the devil, and his hand's gone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What's happening now? And Han Solo's dead. What's yeah, probably what's you know about? that kind of seemed like a death in a way. You yeah. know, they said he was alive, but he got taken away by a bounty hunter. You know, imagine that, dude. Like we don't even know. We know what's up with all of our characters. Back then, we had no. You would have had no idea. I remember my dad saying he came out of the theater like actually kind of pissed. He was like, what? I hate this movie. And now he, it's his favorite one. It really is. I mean, you look at the progression between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and then you look at the progression between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And it's heir apparent in so many different ways, just in terms of, and everybody will say the copycat format of, okay, so this has already been done before. It's a very similar format. but you It's know, called the, the basis of storytelling. Yes, it's called the basis of storytelling, and everybody uses it. It doesn't matter what kind of author or writer or producer you are. You use the same similar format for everything. And what's fascinating about this, too, is that, okay, so it follows that same format. If we look back and we look at the progression between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, we have that time jump. We have a development of Luke going from, I've just severed my hand and I'm here with Leia on a medical frigate, and I'm trying to figure out what my next move is, to Luke choking out a Gamorrean guard, essentially, and saying, give me Han or you're going to die. And, yeah. and, and free Han, us or die, Java. Yeah, yeah, free us or die. We look at what Lucasfilm is now doing with that timeline between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and they're trying to fill in some gaps in terms of the comic books and the canon content, and then what happens after Return of the Jedi. Lucas, and I- yeah, Lucas... <laughs> setting up the balance between episode eight and episode nine in the exact same way for that purpose. I'm going back to the business sense. If Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were successful in bringing Lucasfilm the later opportunity to start telling stories in between each part, that's exactly what Lucasfilm wants to do. They want to fill in the gap between eight and nine and then tell some stories after nine until we get the next trilogy. That's essentially what they're trying to build up here. I can't be more excited. And, you know, we're going to speculate this whole time. And, you know, there's things I want, but we're going to get this amazing story regardless, man. Uh, You know, I love the job that Ryan did, but I think, 
I love that JJ's back in the saddle. Yeah. You know, Ryan really broke out and made this very unique story that none of us were expecting. And really did. that was awesome for that, for that middle movie. Obviously, Ryan Johnson didn't just write whatever the hell he wanted and make it. That's oh, not absolutely not. what happened at all. I hate it so, when people say that too. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, George Lucas like did the outline of the story. So <laughs> give it back to George. Why? <laughs> you know, it would be great, but you're going to get basically the same story, but probably a little more talk about Metachlorians and you'll just see your favorite characters as kids and they'll be sad. Oh, great. Um, so like, babies, but in the Star Wars universe, I love it. Oh, hey, you guys like Boba Fett? Well, in this, he's a little boy and he's sad. Um, <laughs> you guys like Darth Vader? Oh, yeah, I love Darth Vader. Oh, he's going to be a little boy in this. Oh, what is he going to be like, you know, a crazy kid from the Omen, like killing stuff with his mind? I'd be like, no, he'll he'll miss his mom and he'll be sad. <laughs> uh, you know, I oh, stole that from Patton Oswald, but that was it's a hilarious skit. Yeah, very yeah. <laughs> It's very true, though. It's funny. Mm. But um, so here's a random little little bit of Star Wars topic to, to go over in our head. Yeah. I always think it's interesting to look back at the books that came out before the prequels. Yeah. And look at what the what they tried to say the clone wars was. Cuz you get a lot of oh it was clone jedi against clone jedi and then that the clones were the bad guys, which I mean, I guess kind of at the end it was, but I mean the clones were the good guys, you know, for most of the war. Um I mean arguably unless you're one of those conspiracy theorists that's just like when you really look at it, the separatists were kind of the good guys in that war. They were, they were misguided. Uh, they were misguided. They were, they were led by a Sith Lord, but a lot of the people were, they ended up being rebels, you know? It's right. It's right. A lot of separatists ended up being rebels. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to look at. And the biggest one is, I don't really remember it because I was I was only like seven or eight at the time right. when, when episode two came out. And yep. you would have been seven or eight as well. Around that time, yeah. Boba Fett. When they were just like, oh yeah, he's a clone. We always kind of had the idea of, and I think it's, I think it's cool because the old, like original thing with Boba Fett was he was a shock trooper from the Clone Wars uh-huh. that became a bounty hunter. And then it was talk about maybe like, a, were there clones? There, there was talk that Lando was a clone. Right. You know, he was one of the clones. Yeah. So it's just, it's just so interesting. I love exploring that time and like some of the old stuff like the kenner line that never happened mm-hmm. of star yeah. wars figures so yeah, interesting right. there was going to be a clone like a clone like maker would come back uh, a cloner clone maker um i'm good at words tonight um a cloner would come back and there was going to be more clones and fighting luke there's like a double seater x-wing which just happens to be red and black like pose x-wing oh and there, there's a lot of influence. You can see it. And then there was a sand, a sand speeder instead of a snow speeder. Hmm. And, you know, there's all these cool little things, and it's just really interesting. What are your thoughts on that, man? Like, do you, did you have like a, an idea in your mind if you can remember back to then, of what the Clone Wars was, or was it just kind of a throwaway line for you? The Clone Wars to me really was like based on like almost like what you said. It was like I guess it was you almost kind of had to make some stuff up in your head at the time. Um, yeah. You almost had a almost head canon a lot of it. You did have some of the books, and you still had some of the unreleased stuff that you could see once in a while here and there. That wasn't until later though, until I truly understood a lot of it. You know, I'm talking like 14, 15, 16 years old when you go back and you're like whoa, hold on a second. I remember when the prequels came out. Oh, that's what the ideas were before they came out with Attack of the Clones and everything else. I, it's so funny that you bring up the Boba Fett piece because I always thought growing up, 
that, and this was even when I was introduced to Star Wars, I always thought that Boba Fett, probably an alien underneath his helmet. I never thought that he was a humanoid in any way or possible, that he was an actual clone. And I think that the way that George played that in Attack of the Clones, that Boba Fett was actually the the spawning of Jango Fett here on, um, you know, yes, I always forget. They have the long necks that are like giraffes. Um, they look like Q-tips. Yeah, they really do. That's <laughs> That's actually a really great comparison. I'm going to do some stuff with that. Yeah, I almost, I, I always had this idea that Boba Fett was not exactly what George played him out as in, in uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. And maybe, maybe that's good. Maybe he threw it off and I had to rethink in my head, okay, this is what it's going to be now. But yeah, I, I think you pose a very interesting question for not just this conversation, but for everybody out there. Uh, people, not just even people our age, but people who came to Star Wars a little bit later too. Like, was the Clone Wars always what we originally thought it was uh, before mm-hmm. we were introduced to it by George Lucas? Obviously, the animated series did even more for it. And I think that we, as we reflect on it, I think we kind of take a back seat and we say, okay, all right, I see why he did certain things. <laughs> you know, I'm glad he did certain things uh, when it comes to the Clone Wars too. It's just one of those intriguing things to kind of think back about, you know? Yeah especially in a time now where we're so focused on 789 and beyond it's always fun to look back and be like what what was this supposed to be you know and what we got i mean because i've been re-watching the clone wars recently and it's just such a good series it's such an interesting time because we arc is great we have so many we have like different versions of star wars mm-hmm. and it's interesting because we have the prequel trilogy yeah which is the jedi in their prime Sure. And that's fantastic to see, but it's so different now with, and I kind of think it's more interesting when there's a few Jedi, because there's that mystery, you know what I mean? I've always thought that, you know, the mysterious, like, lone swordsman thing is just intriguing, yeah. but it's just different. And I, I dig it. I dig it all. I love it the most. I dig it all. For somebody who really hasn't explored it, you know, I, I would even say, I say this all the time to parents of the students that I have at school. It's like, hey, you know, Mr. Vote, we... We showed our kids the original trilogy and then we brought them to The Force Awakens because we weren't sure if we really wanted to show them the prequels. And I'm like, well, if you're not going to show them the prequels, show them the Clone Wars animated series. Show show them what Dave Filoni was able to build upon, even if you're not going to show them the prequels right away. I encourage the prequels in every way possible. Show them George R. Banks. That I love. Yeah, I I don't I don't I love the prequels. And, you know, here there's such a love for the prequels, which is hilarious. And. That's just, it's exactly what it's going to be with this new trilogy. And it just makes it, I think it makes more sense to diehard Star Wars fans that have known a little bit more longer, you know, about what that whole galaxy looked like. You know, we're, we got introduced to a really bad time in the galaxy. Yeah, that's a really, (laughs) we really did. Like there was like three Jedi and (laughs) there used to be a lot more of them. And it's in the middle of a civil war where the, you know, embodiment of evil is ruling the galaxy. And, you know, the prequels are different, but they're great. Like I always loved the prequels and people were so, but I even kind of fell into it for a little bit early on. Like, I mean, the prequels aren't that great, but when you're young, you know, you kind of, you're impressionable more and all that kind of thing. And you, you you see, you hear so many people saying it, well, it must be true, but no, you know, now it's even more, you know, in, in our faces with, you know, social media, stuff like that. Could you imagine if episode one came out when the Facebook was around? Oh my goodness. I don't even want to think about it. I really, I really don't because I mean, you can think about it because it's exactly what's happening with episode eight and episode seven. And that's the thing everybody already forgot about already too. Everybody hated episode seven. 
Yeah, that's true. Remember, except watch. everybody, because everybody actually loved that movie. I, I, the Russians. It was all the Russians. <laughs> I think that you make a good point there. I think in the age of social media, if you had the prequels, I think it almost would have been double of what we're seeing from from the sequel trilogy even more because I think that it would have been the introduction of Jar Jar Binks in this day and age, I think. And listen, there's a lot more respect for Ahmad Best. I I was somebody who never really had an issue with Jar Jar Binks. I, Jar Jar Binks. I don't know about you, Caden, but I, I never really had a real issue with him because as a young kid at our age, it was like, oh, he's kind of goofy, you know? A goofy character in a morality tale that is focused not focused, but had a focus towards children. Yeah, that's fine to have a goofy character. <laughs> I mean, I I like yeah. Jar Jar when he came out at first too, man. You know, it was just Jar Jar, and yes. and that's the thing that, that people just don't want to. Okay, let let we're gonna go on, on this whole thing. It's just funny to look back and be like things we look at now, and we're like, oh yeah, that's part of Star Wars. But you get the everybody knew Boba Fett was BA man. He was, he was bad. Yeah. And everybody knew that. That's how he was marketed. He was yeah. this awesome dude. Oh, here he is. And then you get Empire and you're like, oh, he was awesome. And then he gets like knocked in the backpack and slams into a wall and falls in a hole. That's how Boba Fett quote, quote, died. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and that's just, oh, it's part of Star Wars. Okay. But like, <laughs> I'm sure that made people mad back in the day. You know, it's just so funny, man, to, to look at these things that we're now okay with that we're that people would probably complain about, like goofy little stuff like that. Like, I love all I love Star Wars and just people just get all crazy. And it's just it's just funny because it's like in a couple of years, you're going to love it. Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma. Do you, do you think she'll be back in nine? It's funny. I, I, I think she will, man. I, I have a weird feeling that she'll be back. Uh, this is this is one of those questions that I've been posed on multiple occasions on social media about Caden. And it's like, yeah, they could bring her back. They could find a way to do it. I think she's got I, I think she's got somebody else that works for her that's gonna end up showing up and is going to try to avenge Captain Phasma. I don't know why. I think Star Wars Resistance is kind of showing that. We see the gold trooper obviously uh playing out in that series. We see different forms of leaders within the first order i think that hux and phasma and ren were not the only ones kennedy and the dreadnought at the beginning of the last jedi showed me that okay there are some other leaders in the first order out here and yeah i could totally see that phasma had a whole group of people very similar to her that are essentially going to try to avenge her death in many ways and they're going to be associated with the first order more than kylo ren that's going to be their thing. I, I think we she could come back. I'm 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 keeping a very small percentage of it in my mind, but I think there's something there. I agree. See, my thing is they made such a point to tell us in the Phasma novel that she fought for the side she thought was going to win mm-hmm. and had a feeling that she would be a rebel by the end of it. Wow. It would be an really? interest- yeah. I and I'm not saying really? now. You know, when they were making this point to tell us like her thing is she fights for the side that she thinks is going to win. Uh-huh. It, it's not even really a, it's kind of a selfish thing, but you know, that's why I saw, I looked at her character and I was like, oh man, she's going to come, she's going to be a rebel by the end of all this. And that'd be so interesting to have Finn have the person that is kind of the focus of his anger come to his side. And that would be an interesting character development for him. He had to give up his life. He now embraced another one and then him having to confront his old life and reconcile with it to fight alongside it would be an interesting, you know, character arc for him. You're almost saying like an Agent Callus arc in many ways. Oh, 100%. 
Yeah, callous. It's it would be like a callous thing. You would see that you're fighting for the wrong side. Is yeah. the first order the wrong side? Yeah, they're not good. Yeah, that's I mean, something. You, that's something you look at, and that's something that I I've thought about recently. That could Kylo be itching, be inching into this position to actually make the first order be a good thing? Could he? Or uh, this is uh, this conversation is going in a very interesting direction. It boils it boils down to is Kylo Ren just completely a jerk, or is he a good? person at heart but he's obviously a good person at heart and i is he gonna turn against this first order or my interesting thing would be here because here's here's what i think about because of the way star wars rhymes Uh okay yeah i got a lot to say it started that the guys in the white armor were the good guys sure and then they turned into the bad guys right would it be interesting if they turned back into the good guys Caden, it is that time of the show on anything that we do here at the Podcast Network. I think you know what it's called. I do. I do. It's called Plug Time. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. It's called Plug Time here on Mom Chatter. Mr. Caden Stetler, where can the good people find you across social media? So you can find Rebel Cause at Rebel Cause Langster on Facebook and Instagram under that same name. You can, of course, find us on the many shows that I'm on on the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network, which you can also find at www.BrickCityBlockade.com. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Please make sure to check out all my tomfoolery and all my silly selfies over on Instagram at the official vote. Again, BrickCityBlockade on the website, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Public to support the podcast, Patreon, and Starlight Children's Foundation, bringing more smiles to kids' faces through our A Galaxy of Hope program, which we are super excited about with the holiday season coming around. Mr. Stetler, always an interesting conversation on Calm Chatter. Turning those calm oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. And if you want to see this live, in person, in the flesh, you can see us, you know, mess up, drink beers, take breaks, do all that great stuff. <laughs> you can see us live at X and a lot of other great stuff. Of that course, was a joke. Of course. course, course. Anyway. You can find us at Xmas and Brewskins, Rebel Cause Brick City, doing it live, man. It is going to be fantastic. Looking so forward to it. We are going to get uh, down to what we love and what we do best. And all those proceeds going to the Water Street Mission and the homeless right here in Lancaster. So looking forward to it, guys. And uh, we'll see you there on December 22nd from 3 to 7. And as we always say here at the Podcast Network and here on Com Chatter for Mr. Caden Stetler, this is Robin Vote signing off until next time. May the force be with you. Always. <laughs> that, that was good. That was fun.